My grandpops was a man of respect. Had to sweat just to cash checks. Working from sunrise to set. Every day get challenged. No trades <laughs> right. of talents. Well, <laughs> welcome to Mistakes Were Made, episode 10. 11. 11? Oh, what 11. episode? Around 11. All right. Done once. Yay. Officially a teenager. Kind of. Not, even, not really. Today on the cast, we have Rudy and myself, Alan, and then our special guest is Adam. Hey, everybody. Introduce yourself, Adam. Hi, I'm Adam from Cheetah uh, Fates Radio. Yes, he is. I yeah. wanted to podcast because of you and ah. Joe. So there you go. Cool. And now, now the cycle is complete, and you're coming on ours. And at some point in time, I'm sure. I hear Dan Dan Johnson of Miss, of the Before We Begin podcast <laughs> tells me that you have secret plans for me and my friend Alan. Yeah, we've had discussions about a plan of stuff, but I don't know where that ended up right now. But yeah, there's. <laughs> It's getting lost in the, the yeah, pre-adepticon. Uh, yeah, it's tough to oh, yeah. line everything up I usually, do, uh, but it's on the list. Pre-adepticon, I uh, just did not. It didn't work out. It was just too bad. I'm gonna try and try and maybe get to Califo. Um but yeah, Adepticon's the no-go yeah. for me now. It's too bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so this week we're gonna talk about uh, a quick update. I'm gonna talk about my campaign and how it's going. And how many games behind I am now, <laughs> and uh, and the few games that I got to play at an event that we do every month called Beer Lefo, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, we'll have Adam give us a couple of his games, and Alan, who is in both sick and in the middle of Tech Week, uh, was a little bit of a slacker, and that's okay. It's all right. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> uh. So yeah. Uh. I'll go first with my campaign stuff. Cool. Um, we're, we're officially into week four, and by the time this week ends, we'll be officially into week five, and I will need to play six games, because I have two games of three, week three to play before I can get into playing May Feng, so I haven't even really gotten to a master yet, still, um, but I keep having really, really good luck and really, really bad luck at the same time, like, I got enough... I got enough script and enough um, barter rating to buy my augmented jetpack for my ice column. Yeah, but that's awesome. I then, but I then <laughs> lost a silent one to my uh, to one of my opponents, so I'm down a down a model. So my hiring phase is going to have to involve picking up a new silent one. Um, but it led to getting to leap six inches and three action smash Barbaros right in his stupid face. Uh, and it was amazing, uh, which is a lot of fun. I can't wait to really pull you that lived off. Lived the dream, finally. I did. Oh, yeah. you haven't? You haven't done it? Oh, you did it? Yeah. I did it. I did it last week. Uh, the real, the That's real goal is going to be to use once I get Mei Feng and the crew. I can. Uh, so coming into week four, I should be able to. No, coming into week five, I should be able to pick up Sparks, and a and a mechanized perk trap, which will let me give my ice column fast, so I can do a focus leaping. Smash attack, and then hopefully nice. cheat severe and just do stupid amounts of damage in a blast. Uh, okay. Anyway, moving forward, um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna buy another silent one because having two on my team helps me keep things alive, which is important. And I'm gonna aim for Mei Fang, like I've said since basically day one. Um, yeah, I I gotta start getting games in is the problem because I missed last Friday because I was doing. Um, what was I doing on Friday? I was doing something important. I had work or 
something. <laughs> it was so important <laughs> that I forgot what it was. It what do you guys have track your games usually? I know you guys do this whole you had the this kind of <laughs> traveling uh, faction thing you're doing where you're just trying to play everything you have in your in your library. Oh, I keep I keep a master file <laughs> that has like all of the games I've played and all the games like I haven't yeah. I don't keep um, battle reports for everything, but I just have a, a doc a word document that has, you know, my number of games played for each master, uh, my percentage of overall, my, uh, oh, God, my, my thoughts on each, fa- like, just little breakdown thoughts on each fa- master, yeah. who, what I would play them in, what they're good at, what their strengths and weaknesses are, just, like, little blurbs, basically. Nice. That's what I do, and then I've got, I also have been just, like, taking pictures with my phone. I find it is the easiest thing. I do it for every game, pretty much. I'll just take a picture of my entire crew, and then afterwards, what I scored. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always too lazy to actually write it down right away, and then end oh, up man. forgetting everything. Al always gives me crap, though, because he looks at the, the, the shared file, and he sees my games that I've, I've typed in, and they're like a page and a half each. And it's just like thoughts. It's not even. It's not even like a, a narrative or anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just, I'm very verbose with my with my rememberings. Anyway, uh, so uh, I'm still working towards my thing. I'm still working towards finishing up and getting caught up. My base is starting to get pretty good. Um, the there were a lot of changes to the campaign system between week our week two and our week three, which means I was going to be able to get. Mayfang for week three, and then I had to wait until after week three, and then one of the upgrades I bought, uh, the Arsonist Lullaby, uh, ended up getting removed from the game, so I don't have that anymore. Still don't know what I'm supposed to be picking up instead, but uh, it was probably for the best. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get back in there. I know that we're coming into either the this is the last week or next week is the last. I think this. I think we're officially done, right? It's supposed to be With done. The beta? Uh, yeah, the beta. This is the last week of the beta, or is was last week the last week of the beta? We should know tomorrow if we get new files tomorrow. Then that'll be it. Yeah, I've lost track of it. I I haven't been doing anything with the beta stuff. I don't have time. Yeah, I've, I've been downloading them, but not really play. I didn't get to play in the last couple weeks, so oh, I haven't had a chance to. I've been deep, man. I've been I've been rolling deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Like I said, I well. I've said I'm trying to get all my work done so I can go play in Chicago in a couple weeks. So Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I believe in you. <laughs> go. Go Thanks. and represent. Mistakes were made. Okay. Someone's got to try. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, Adam, you want to talk about your... You said you played a game yesterday, right? Yeah, I did. I played a game yesterday. Um... I'll, I'll back up. So the reason I was asking what you guys used to record your games is I don't know if you've seen this uh, game analyzer that somebody had posted on the forums. Nope. No? I think I saw a link for it. I didn't actually get it yet. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah? Yeah, so if you search for Malifaux Game Analyzer or I think the the user who created it, his name, his form name is Cursing, Cursing Bulldog. And... Uh, okay. It's really, really cool. I mean, I actually was just starting to make one, and then I don't know who mentioned it. I think a uh, local guy here, Jonah, uh, had found it, and he knew I like to keep track of stuff. So um, it does everything that you'd expect, right? It's got you know date, the type of game, whether it was a friendly game, tournament game, story encounter, etc. 
faction, leader, you know, all that stuff, who your opponent was, and then all of their information, strategy, how many points you scored, how many points they scored, how many points you scored for each scheme, et cetera, et cetera. But the cool thing is at the top, it actually lets you see what your best, your favorite, your worst, and your least amount played for oh, everything is. Cool. Yeah. It'll show you averages, too, for your points. So, you know what? Maybe that's my next goal after I've uh, after I've gotten to my five out of five played with everybody, um, and I start going into the ten out of ten, ten out of ten played with favorites, uh -huh. is to uh, figure out what my least played schemes are and start picking those when they come up. Right, and that's and that's a kind of what this lets you see. Like I've been putting in, I know that I take Candy Bodyguard a lot, um, mm. mostly because she's so good at it. But, Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, but in general, I, it's good to just go and look at it every once in a while and be like, oh, yeah, I, I've, I've been taking that a lot or, or whatnot. And it helps you helps you kind of go back and remember stuff because I'm terrible at remembering my games, like really terrible. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So. You'll definitely have to check that out. It sounds like a real helpful thing. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. But uh, so yeah, my my first, my game yesterday was uh, with Pandora, and I've been liking her a lot. Uh, people don't know I've been playing Neverborn exclusively this year. I've made the switch from Rezzers, so it's I know you you and like four other guys have done it. You Dan Johnson's done it. He's playing mostly Lilith, uh, and Joe did it, and it's playing mostly Dreamer, right? Yeah, I think he's playing Dreamer, and yes. he's been loving Zoraida lately. I think. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. So I've been I'm sticking to uh, I have Zoraida. She's the only one of the only ones I don't have like really with any paint on it. But I'm I'm gonna be doing her towards the end of the year, middle of the year, and I've been sticking to Lynch, Pandora, Lucius, and um, Lilith, and they've they've been really good for me as far as both having fun playing and uh, you know winning games. It's been fun. So just over half of action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, Neverborn was what I started with when I first got into the game. Lilith mm -hmm. was my first master, uh, in one point So, she was kind of my, my reason for getting into Malifaux. And then I switched over to Rezzers because we were doing a Escalation League that I was right. running. So, I mean, I kept waiting for a new Lynch uh, to show up in my local. Mm -hmm. and I kept waiting, I kept waiting, kept waiting. Finally, I got to the point where I won a gift certificate on Saturday, uh, and there was a 20% off... It, it's 20% off Malifaux figures when you're at the event. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to buy something. I haven't bought figs since, like, October, and it's still not here, so I ended up going in a very wildly different direction, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> now, was it one of your guys' rules, or maybe, maybe I'm remembering wrong, was one of your rules that you're not buying anything new until you finish your, your journey here? Well, mistake. That's that was mine. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't it until was I finished it. The... Yeah, yeah. I was talking about that and just waiting, but I wasn't gonna do everything. I was, I think I was gonna shoot for five like masters at ten games before I did it. Mm -hmm. Five new ones, so I haven't gotten there yet. But I also got a really lucky Christmas gift of Leviticus, which I've been enjoying. So yeah, <laughs> and that's not way good. around the rule, I guess. Uh, I. I made it to uh, something like 75% overall, and I was like, you know what? I'm at 90 or 72 out of 95 games played. If I get one more master, it makes it an even 100, which means that every game I play is 
instead of being one point one two or whatever. So I, 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 I just to make math easier. I justify. <laughs> so you wouldn't have uh, to use then, a calculator. Yeah, exactly. Basically, yes. I mean, I'll still have to do it for my faction-specific <laughs> breakdowns, but whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so your game with Pandora. Right, so I, uh, my, my buddy Matt came over, and uh, he was actually coming by just to drop over some, some stuff that he wasn't using anymore for other games. And I was like, well, you want to play something? He said, sure. He said either Wrath of Kings or Malfoy, and I would like to try Wrath of Kings, but I wanted to really play Malfoy because if I get a chance to play it, I'd rather play that. Uh, so he pulled in Arcanist. Uh, lately he's been playing a lot of guilds, so I thought he was going to be playing guild. Uh, he's been, I think, I think doing Lucius and trying to figure out a good big hitter crew for that on the guild side. Mm. So uh, I think he has said he's been struggling, but I think he's probably got some pretty good lists. So I was expecting something like that, uh, but he, he brought Arcanist, so... Uh, I haven't seen Ramos in a long time, and he played Ramos, so it was me going in a little blind. You know, you know, you know what Ramos does, but you don't remember everything and all of his stats and everything. So, on flank deployment with Turf War, I knew it was going to be tough, but uh, that's why I took Pandora because she just, with all of the way the way you can build her certain way, certain times based on the schemes, she can just have so many little uh, auras and pulses and and whatnot coming coming off her crew. So I kind of built her like that, and uh, it ended up being uh, a fun game. Uh, he does not like playing against Pandora, as I now know. Um, he's had bad experiences in, in all of his Malifaux from the old version to the current version, so I think uh, I'm going to remember that next time and make sure not to pull out Pandora. And, and his whole argument is he doesn't like the denial element of Pandora, or, or denial, denial element in, in any game to be overly... I I you know, agree with that. I think. I think I agree with that. There's there's something about if I'm playing a game, and and I used to have this argument with Miles all the time. Miles was my old roommate, Alan, my good friend. Um, where if if we're playing a game and I don't get to actively play it, you are taking away my ability to play the game. That that gets very frustrating very quickly for me. Yeah, and I can understand that. Brewmaster um, was the worst. <laughs> I, I don't think Pandora... I mean, she's definitely got some denial elements. I just look... I, I, I really gravitate towards uh, passive uh, abilities and passive actions, things that you can have effect outside of your activation. And sure. uh, that's why I love... I love Molly so much to, to some degree, and I like anything. I, I love Black Blood. I like certain things and resers that you can do with decaying aura and unnerving aura and things like that. So terrifying and manipulative. And yeah, all the stuff that really you don't have to do. You don't have to waste your AP. Uh, I really think the AP is probably. I mean, I, I think most people agree it's probably one of the most important resource in the game. Absolutely. Um, so. If I've never can. thought about that. I mean, I know that I've I know that I've gone after models that were AP efficient, like things that have nimble, things that have, you know, expert melee experts, casting experts, that kind of stuff. But I hadn't thought yeah. about going after things that get to do stuff without spending AP. Yeah. So like like my big one is definitely in Neverborn now is definitely Fears Given Form. It's just such a powerful. Uh, I guess it ends up being an ability. I, I don't remember exactly. I have to look at the card, but basically it's just. 
Defense 14 duel for anything that activates within three inches of of the model. So um, it's it's filthy, you know? That's something that you don't have to worry about. You just put your model where you want it to be, and then you're good to go. Yeah. So... Uh, like a free attack. Yeah, yeah. Like a, you can flip like a six or a seven or whatever it is, but it's a free attack. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and I always put it, and the reason I get three inches out of it is because I put it on models that have a three-inch melee, mm. right? or a three-inch engagement range. So Candy, <laughs> which is annoying, with her sweets and sours plus fears given form. Yeah. So if I can control activation there, that's really nice. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, that's the way I, I I built the Pandora list for yesterday. I took there's a the age old argument I think that a lot of people on Twitter are asking about today, which is Poltergeist or Puke Snake. Puke Snake being the uh, primordial magic, and um, there seems to be uh, overwhelming majority of people that think you'd never take the Poltergeist. I don't agree with that. I think there are situations that you do take the Poltergeist. Um, I don't know that it's 50-50. I don't know that it's 60-40. I don't really have enough data to go off on that yet. But uh, if there's a scheme-heavy list of um, for me to choose from, I'll definitely take the Primordial Magic. Uh, or if I know I'm going to think I'm going to need to do some extra things or cards because I get uh, whatever it's called, I think... Uh, Russia magic. magic. Yeah. Then it's... Uh, that's, I mean, Russian magic is very powerful. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's be honest; it's it's very very powerful. Um, but I take I take the poltergeist in. So the scheme pool that we had was cursed object, bodyguard, assassinate, and gosh, what was the last one? I remember. Hmm. But I took cursed object and bodyguard. Uh, so. In, there was no scheme heavy there's no scheme placement one so in that case I figured I don't need Primordial Magic I need to protect charge lanes with the fact that Ramos was going to be probably bringing things like you know a misstep and a joss and things like that so I put the, the and, and we had flank deployment that was another another big thing is the Primordial Magic is fast it's like 6 movement I think uh, sorry not Primordial Magic it's um the poltergeist, right? It's I think it's six six movement, six walk. Uh, so it's it's pretty fast, but it has a two action that's like the equivalent of a, um, like a, a whole. I think what's somebody from like the eighties? Uh, is it Exorcism or Poltergeist? Is that a movie? But there was like this movie from the eighties I remember as a kid that was super scary, and it was like a black like oil slick on the ground. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Gosh, I gotta look this up. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, there is a movie Poltergeist. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. I don't remember if that was in that or not. I, 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 I'm seeing it in my mind, but I, I have no idea what it's called. Right. So, I mean, effectively, the Poltergeist basically gets to put down. It takes two AP though. That's the problem. So you can't really move the the Poltergeist and then drop it. But it's a uh, 30 mil marker placed down, and anything that ends in activation within, I think it's three inches of that, has to take a willpower 15 duel? Something around that, yeah. So if you can place your sorrows in the right place and you can have uh, Pandora in the right place, that's potentially three or four or however much you have um, of those models that, that have... Understand healing and whatever, and pushing... Yeah. yeah, I mean, because basically Pandora <laughs> and has... What is the other thing that happens if you fail the test? So uh, Pandora and the Sorrows all have, I think it's called Misery. Right. And it's a six-inch uh, 
was it aura whatever the the, the filled in bubble aura, aura and yeah. uh if anything fails willpower duel within six inches of any of those models with misery, they all take they take one point of damage. And the key to that is it's great for things that have hard to kill or um, armor because it's separate damage sources, right? Right. So they don't stack, and then you don't just minus it by like of armor too. You basically take one 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 one. Um, so it's. It's kind of her, not her stick, shtick, but it's definitely part of what she can do. Uh, I never use that as my like go-to. Like I don't, I don't think that's the way to play her. But it's one of those things that it definitely annoys the opponent. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically the game was uh, turf war. Uh, I think turn one, I put down the primordial magic. Uh, excuse me, saying that the poltergeist. Uh, I gotta find the name of that thing. But basically, put down his little 30 mil marker to make sure that Joss couldn't charge in. It's called the paranormal. Yeah. And uh, that blocked that charge lane. I took bad juju. I took uh, candy, both with fears given form. Uh, two sorrows. And uh, what else? I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, but it worked pretty well. I, I more or less got max points. On, on the game. Uh, Cursed Object took some work. I had to paralyze Misstep, I think turn two or turn three, to make sure to make sure she couldn't kill me, and then also put Cursed Object on her, and then she couldn't remove it no matter what, even if she got away. Mm. Uh, the, the funny thing was, I had put the... That he had charged Misstep in position between Bad Juju and Candy, and they both had Fears Given Form, so... He was going to activate Misstep last, because I had forced... forced um, I think I'd use Candy's. Uh, what's it called? Insight. Uh, is it Insight? No, it's um, Mood Swing. No, not Mood Swing. Uh, the one that's on. Gosh. Doesn't play nice. It. It's like called Doesn't Play Nice. It comes off a of depression. It's the depression upgrade. Yeah. And Melancholy. Uh, nobody likes me. That's what it's called. So, uh, basically, you can't activate that model until if there's no other models with nobody likes me in the crew. You have you can't activate that model, so it more or less makes that model activate last. Huh. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people using sight to try and get sours off, but I haven't seen anyone try and use. Yeah, I think I think I do think that that has it also. Actually, let me double check. I pulled out my cards here. Um, so insight has mood swing, is what you're thinking of. So that's when this model's controller has an opportunity to activate a model. This model may choose to activate it instead. Yeah. So you, you can tell them when to activate it. <laughs> what I'm talking about is Melancholy, which is an upgrade called on Depression that gives to all friendly woes that are within line of sight of the model that's holding the upgrade. Uh, if you successfully cast it, the, the model you targeted gains Nobody Likes Me, and this model may not activate while there are any other models in this crew without the Nobody Likes Me condition. Mm. So I put that on a model that I want to activate last, put, go put Candy right next to it, and then when it activates, it takes three damage from Sours, and then it also takes Fears Given Form, which is potentially three more, um, three more damage. And both of those are willpower duels, so if they fail, uh, them. So no. Fears Given Form's not. Because yeah, so if it was, it would be, I mean, Pandora would be broken, be beyond broken. Because okay. <laughs> I think and Fears Given Form is rare, too. Happen. No. What's that? Sours is Flowers isn't a flip, it just happens. It's yeah, a, it just happens. Oh, okay. If you activate last, you can get it. Yeah. So, yeah. so the situation ended up but, that he put misstep there, and I had 
two fears given form and forcing sours. So I had to actually move candy away so I didn't kill misstep so I could actually so you didn't lose your cursed object points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm just yeah. killing you all so quickly. What am I gonna do? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I did do a red joker of Pandora using her uh, against Joss, which is <laughs> Joss had reactivated. So I more or less did a self-loathing on him in Red Joker, the damage, which was just brutal. Oh. So oh, I think wow. I, whatever Joss's damage spread is, I want to say it's around like nine, because he's probably got like six and three for his severe as weak. And then I had three sorrows, or two sorrows and her. That was three more damage. Oh. So it was nine plus one plus one plus one, somewhere like that. Uh, so that, that was brutal. Uh, the, and the last a good way to get around hard to kill, like to be able to have a sorrow nearby, do a ton of damage with their own weapon, and then it's like, well, you're at one hard to kill, but the sorrow will kill you now, so you're dead now. Yeah, ugly. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Like I I don't know I I can see where he, he goes getting frustrated because I also took bad juju and bad juju. I I normally take Barbaros because he's got his challenge and it's a it's a willpower duel. Yeah, uh, and then I more or less give all of my stones and set them aside for keeping Barbaros alive. So he just runs around and annoys people because they have to target him, but targeting him, he's got pretty good stats. I think it's 6 defense, 7 willpower. He's got black blood. He can push like no other in... Uh, yeah, in yeah it's, his pushes are just so good. And uh, it... It's the one time I didn't take him recently, and I took Bad Juju instead. And Bad Juju has a can force a potentially willpower sixteen duel with landslide. Uh, yeah, is it landslide? I think that's the trigger, right? It's on a crow. Yeah, land, landslide's uh, oh, on his on his quicksand. Yeah, oh, that's, quicksand. That's no, on his dirty claws. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Against one target. Landslide's his. Uh, against everybody. Yeah, the landslide's a tough one because I take it, I, I, you know, you consider using it, but it's going to hurt your models too potentially, and you're taking tests. So I, I normally only do it if he's on his own. Um, it's because landslide is is all models. It's not just enemy. Right. But Mm -hmm. I ended up getting the quicksand trigger, and to force your opponent to take a willpower sixteen duel within range of Pandora is, um. Is mean. <laughs> yeah, it's just mean. That's the word I was gonna choose too. It's great. <laughs> and 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 here and here's another uh, point for arguing that the poltergeist is really good. I just keep the poltergeist in a position and ready to pounce more or less on the model I want to fail a duel, because if you're within two inches of the poltergeist, you're flipping negative on willpower duels. Ugh. So yeah. now that sixteen is definitely going off, or you're failing it, I should say. If, no, if you get quicksand. a red joker, bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's very unlikely you're going to pass on a negative, though. <laughs> right. Outside of, like, Zoraida. Zoraida with her willpower 10 might be able to get lucky, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I mean, the last thing I'll say about uh, what I took is I, I, I took, for upgrades, the box opens, Cry For Me, and Fugue State. And my thoughts there is Fugue State's one I swap in and out depending on if there are condition removals that uh, my opponent might have to do for getting rid of, um, like, in this case, Cursed Object. Because Fugue State forces a Willpower 15 duel uh, within 8 inches if you try and take an Interact action. The Interact, mm-hmm. still, the interact still goes off, 
So that's that. Do, it's not going to protect you from things like deliver a message or getting things put on your models, but it does make your opponent second guess putting down either a marker or uh, trying to remove a condition if they're just going to die. They might just rather die. So mm. um, that's that's one that I usually put on there, and it does have. She has nullify too. So nullify is something that the primordial magic has. That's a really nice cast that makes things insignificant. Uh, the thing is that I think the primordial magic's cast on that is a four, and or maybe it's a five, but uh, Pandora's is a six, and it forces willpower duel at range ten. So that's a pretty good little range band for her. It's like you can't take the rest this turn, and you're gonna take some damage, and I'm gonna right. push. Well, well, it's worse than that. It's the rest of the game. Ugh. Yeah, it's until the model that does it is killed or sacrificed. So yeah, and that's why that's why I like doing it with Pandora more because she's, yeah. she's the one playing Nullify, not the Primordial Magic in that case. Yeah. She, you know, the Primordial Magic can be killed pretty simply if someone just goes to it. Yeah, that seems. So how did it turn out? <laughs> uh, well, because we started playing really fast at the end, I forgot to declare Bodyguard on turn 4, but it was at a 9-4 win, but it really could have had a 10 if I just was paying attention. Yeah. Yep. I, I, he had All he had left in the end was Ramos, who I cursed object. <laughs> Ramos with cursed object on him. Yeah, actually, no, I think there was a metal game in left too, but that was it. That's ugly. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to our later talk on, later on this episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Alright, Rudy, you had some Master Games? I did, I had a few Master Games actually I uh, I went to an event called the Beer Lefo, Which is uh, a thing we do relatively often here I think once a month, last Saturday of the month At Guardian Games um, It's exactly what it sounds like You drink a lot of beer, you play a lot of Malifo. Uh When you when you purchase a beer You are given a beer bobble Which is like a bottle cap Or a, a now it's actually a piece of paper that you write your name on because it's part of the raffle. Um, but you you get to keep the beer bubble, and the beer bubble works a lot like a soul stone in that you can use it to force yourself to reflip, or you can use it to force your opponent to reflip. Um, wow. You'll get you'll end up getting something like three, two or three or four throughout the night, um, okay. depending depending on how much you drink, right? Uh, and how much, really, how much you're willing to pay for them. Uh, and then when you use them, they also go into the raffle. It, it, but other than that, it's just a, basically a, a three-round event with a hardcore at the top of it all. Uh, so I played a hardcore game, and since I was playing Cassandra in my um, in my campaign, I decided I wasn't going to play her in my hardcore game at the tournament, and, I, and that was a big mistake. She's just... She is easily the best hardcore master in the faction and probably one of the better ones in the game just for what she brings uh, and what she can bring and what and how many stones she gets to bring to the game. Um, I brought the captain instead, and the captain's great, but not as good as Cassandra. <laughs> um, I was playing against... Who was that? Toshiro with um, a... Uh, Night Terror, and a Ashigaru, and a Rogue Necromancy. I spent a lot of time trying to take out the Rogue Necromancy before it could sort of whip around and, and take out my guys, and it didn't actually get a chance to whip out any of my guys except the Captain, because I 
he 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 charged in and started doing melee instead of shooting attacks. I think he actually did pull off one shooting attack against one of my silent ones since since it's such a low defense. He was able to get the the um, the positive twists or not the positive twist the uh, the blast template and do some damage to uh, the captain as well. And then the night terror sort of came around and just sort of hung out by one of my uh, one of my silent ones. But we ended up playing really slowly because he like the pressure of the hardcore game sort of slowed him down a little bit. And we only got to turn two, end of turn two, start of turn three. Um, I, I was in a really good position to finish off his master as well, which means we would have probably tied it. But since we didn't get to go into the third town, third turn, I ended up losing four to two, which was not awesome. But that's fine. Um, Toshiro's tough to hurt, and Captain is very easy. And if it had been Cassandra, Cassandra would have had more stones to prevent, and she would have had smoke and mirrors so that she could push away when the uh, rogue necromancy charged her. But Mistakes. They happen. Mm. Mistakes were made. Um, then I went into a game with uh, my new friend Justin. He is an outcast player. He is playing, I think he's playing Rezzers for the campaign right now because he's trying to get into Karai. And um, he was playing outcast at this event because his favorite masters are the Vickies and Leviticus. I played a lot of Vick. I played against a lot of Leviticus out in Detroit. Uh, so I was, I was kind of prepared for it. He ran, the, the, the game was um, Flank Deployment, Reckoning, with Frame for Murder, Line of the Sand, Entourage, Bodyguard, and Outflank. His list was Levy with Pry of Bone and some other stuff, uh, Rusty Alice, Vanessa, Two Waves, an Abomination, and a Dead Rider. I was very surprised not to see a Ashes and Dust, but I was not complaining. Yeah. My list was uh, Rasputina, since she's still in there for things I need to play, and she's relatively killy. Uh, Rasputina with Armor of December, because I've heard that that's how the pro people play Rasputina, which I, after playing it one time, I realize it's so good. That's her push, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, pushes her three inches and gives her plus one armor. Yeah, I, I don't know why, I, don't, I really don't know why you wouldn't play with that. Shattered Mirror is the reason. Yeah, still. Um, if you're if you're looking to do a lot of node casting, Shattered Mirror might win out, but you really need to bring some things that are going to either... Like, you need to bring an Angelica or um, maybe a, a, the Captain to sort of backfield and push her around if she gets engaged. Hmm. But her walk is three and the push is three inches. So it's basically like saying, anytime you take a walk, how about instead of just taking a walk, you push so you ignore, you know hard terrain and, and uh, engagement, disengaging strikes, and you gain an armor for it. So, so yeah, I ran uh, December Curse and Cold Nights, I think, is the one with uh, Ice Columns. And you can use, uh, you can actually discard it to reduce damage dealt to her once per game or something like that, but I never ended up having to use it. Mm -hmm. I brought Cassandra with Smoke and Mirrors and Imbued Protection, which is just one of my favorite things to do ever right now. Uh, two Silent Ones, which is another thing I love doing. A Mechanical Rider, an Essence of Power, and a December Acolyte. My plan was to um, bodyguard the Mechanical Rider on a, in a moment of weakness because I didn't think about the fact that it was a timed game, and I was sort of banking on my opponent playing quickly, and he did well. He, he did fine. Uh, and then I brought an Essence of Power because I wanted to sort of shack one up with uh, one of the Silent Ones and Rasputina, 
because Raspy at casting eight and the silent one at casting seven, with a with Raspy getting a positive twist to the attack whenever she burns a stone was just too good to not try at least once. Yeah. Uh, and then I used my December acolyte with uh, from the shadows to to forward deploy him and taunt in. Uh, I I think I just made him focus shoot Yin over and over again until finally um, Levy popped out of the Yin uh, the Waif that Yin was guarding and just one punched him into the ground and I was like, all right, that's a frame for murder, hooray! I think I ended up going um, nine six, yeah, nine six victory. He ended up he ended up getting no points for he ended up not being able to kill more than one model per turn because I was like I was healing things that were relatively weak with my silent ones. I was shooting into melee and healing them with the filling the cracks triggers. I I had my mechanical rider, who was my bodyguard target, down to one hit point at one point in time. And then uh, Raspy gave her Frozen Heart for the turn. And then the silent one just started casting into the melee that was beating up on her and healed her back up through ram trigger after ram trigger. Um, and the zero action to give her another healing flip on top. So she, she boosted back up to, I think, all but one wound uh, gone. So I went from, like, one hit point to 11 hit points in one activation. Uh, he had bodyguard on the dead rider. The dead rider was basically out of the fight the entire time. He just skirted all the way around the board. Um, and Levy had entourage, so he just kept sort of creeping forward with a wave. I had one little chance at the end to shoot him down, but he had good cover, and I couldn't push to a point where I could get rid of it, and so I sort of um, brought my... Mm, uh, I didn't have any stones left either. If I had stones left, it might have been a different story, too. I brought my Essence of Power down, buffed her up, and then tried to um, splash some damage onto him and couldn't take him out. So he got full points for Entourage and full points for... Uh, bodyguard. I got full points for bodyguard, two points for uh, full points for frame for murder, and then three points for reckoning, which was tough. But he kept summoning in waves and a bombs, and it was like, all right, that's an easy target. Bang, 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 bang. Good game all of overall, though. He played really well. He's gonna be scary once he gets a handle on the the death and rebirth cycle. I think. And then the last game I played was against, uh, before we begin, Dan. He was running a Lilith crew. Apparently he was running the Lilith crew he was running all night because he was doing a Joel Henry special takes all comers list. Uh, his list was Lilith with Living Blade and something else, um, Mature Nephilim with Rapid Growth, two young Nephilim, a Tot, a Black Blood Shaman, and a Primordial Magic. Mine was uh, Karis with Dragon Drop and Powered by Flame. A Malifaux Child, Cassandra with Imbued Protection, no, um, no smoke uh, and mirrors. mirrors this time. Uh, two Korafi, Johan, and two Silent Ones. It's like two Silent Ones make every Archimist list I have right now because they're <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for those models to come out in plastic so I can <laughs> justify buying. <laughs> and the Korafi, like this they're is my first bad. game I've actually played with a Korafi in, in M2E. Yeah, good. because I think? feel like well, they're great. They're really great, especially with Karis <laughs> and especially with um, especially with what's that upgrade I took? Powered by Flame. 
because they just sort of move mm-hmm. around and make all these different attacks, and anytime they hit, which they do all the time at, at Combat 6 with a positive twist, um, they're going to be dropping burning on things, and then that just lights Karis up. Um, yeah, I was using those with when I was playing Karis quite a bit. They're just fantastic with their walk 7, too. Yeah. You can give them that flying on turn 1 with Karis if you bring the upgrade for that, and then yeah, they're just that's exactly everywhere. what I did, yeah. I, I brought that so that I could... Yeah. I, I took uh, Protect Territory and... Ooh, what did I take? It was Squatter's Rights. The schemes were Protect Territory, Breakthrough, Plant Explosives, and a couple things that weren't really explosive. Line in the Sand and something else. Um, I took Protect Territory and Plant Explosives. He took Breakthrough and Protect Territory. His plan was to just do the normal tot sprint, drop a scheme marker or or five uh, in my backfield and and laugh about it. Uh, my my game was I wanted to use Karis's um, uh, drag and drop upgrade to use Wings of Fire to drop a scheme marker at the end of a move while engaged with more than one model and then laugh about that. But I got I got antsy and I went for it too early and I only got three points for it. And it actually became kind of a big deal. Usually if I can get two points for it, I'll be happy. But in this game, with games with Dan are always really close, and he's really good at playing denial. So I should have held out for one more turn just to sort of slow play it and, and go for full points for it. Um, he killed one of my silent ones early with a uh, mature Nephilim doing push through. He killed a he killed Johan. To, I was going to use Johan's 3-inch engagement range to tie up a couple of squat markers early, but he killed Johan with uh, one of the youngs and brought out a mature because he's like the easiest to kill enforcer in the game, apparently. Who, oh, Johan? Yeah, I know he's got hard to kill, but it was just like, <laughs> I'm going to attack you, you're, you're defense 5, I'm at combat 6. Oh, look, a ram trigger. Oh, look, a ram trigger. Oh, look, a ram trigger. All right, second attack. <laughs> And he's such a big target. Yeah, too. yeah. Young <laughs> Nephilim are just yeah so good. Yeah, uh, Karis and the Corfi did a really good job of lighting things on fire. I was able to kill two mature Nephilims. One of the one, the one, both of them. One of them was one that grew out of Johan. Um, there was a ton of like back and forth where like I got two squat markers. He denied me a squat marker. I couldn't deny him squat markers, but I was going to learn how to do it. Uh, and then he's like, I've got this, and then I walked to Corfi out of engagement with Lilith, and he's like, wait, I got... Oh, that's right, they're always in motion. And so Corfi just walks right out of engagement with Lilith and flips the squat marker. Um, so I, I think I went three and two, or two and... Two and three and three. I got full points for Protect Territory, I got two points for Plant Explosives, and I got two points for... Um, squatters Rights. Squatters Rights. Was it three? I think it was three. Because I had eight. We're going to have an eight at the end of the day. And he, if I had been able to move Karis across the board, kill his, and kill his um, Black Blood Shaman on the other side of the board, I could have brought that back down to an eight-eight. And if I had uh, been able to get in uh, to where Lilith had dropped a scheme marker, I could have gotten seven-eight and, and one. But he saw it coming, and he moved Lilith out. Dropped another ski marker for protect territory, so he can get at least two points for it. I wasn't actually able to 
kill the Black Blood Shaman because he beat my flare uh, defense check. He got burning from a flaming halo, but then I Black Jokered my um, uh, Immolate cast, so I just couldn't do enough damage to him to actually take him out and, and deny any points for the tie. And he won. 9-8. And we had a really big high five and, and strong handshake right after because it was such a good game. He like we, we were laughing about it for a good 45 seconds to a minute just at how close it was and how like clutch the whole thing came down. It was really fun. It was a good event. Yeah, those are always very fun games when you get a really close one. Mm. Mm-hmm. And those are my games. Cool. Cool. So overall, that brings me up to four with Raspy and four with Karis. I've got five to go in the Arcanists. Uh, I have six to go with the Rezzers. I have eight to go with the Guild. I have six to go with the Outcasts, and I have five to go with the Gremlins. It's a lot. <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, about 78 games? Oh, no, I'm, I'm at 72, so it's 28 games total, and then I'll be done. So, so far this year, I have had... Let's see how many games. One, two, three. 13, including a four-round tournament. So, that would take me forever. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> 13 games, though, in two months isn't really... It's pretty decent, though. Yeah. I, the but way I look at it is... That kind of inflates it, I guess. Yeah. In a perfect month, I will get... Four, five, six to seven games. Yeah, and you got to remember, I also had a yeah. week off. I counted the, the week of, like, uh, right around Christmas time. I had that whole week off, so I got two games in that week. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, that's how, it's tough to get games, and that's why if I have a chance, I try and... Try and get one in, and I've only played one uh, Vassal game. Oh, I've played a few with with uh, I played a couple with Dan, and I played a few with Alan. Uh, I'm yeah, getting more and more. I'm hoping after uh, after the Adepticon, uh, my my schedule should open up, and I should be able to get some actual some games in, hopefully. Yeah, because I'm opening a show the week the Friday of before of Adepticon. I'm opening a show, and then I've got some downtime. <laughs> Literally driving out the night of the doubles match. Yes, I'll be. Yeah, I'll be driving out Friday night for five hours. So yeah, I'm gonna get there at two in the morning and then try and play Masters at. I think it's the registration starts at seven now. Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? I don't know. I'm all for it. I wish. I yeah. wish people no. would, would do earlier. Events. It's, it's a long-running joke for Alan and I, where we were at Adepticon <laughs> last year, and uh, Mark, a, a friend of our, a, a friend of our friend Mark, came down, and we were talking about uh, the Masters the next morning. It was like eight thirty or something like that, not even that bad. And he was in the hotel and everything, so all you have to do is roll out of bed, hungover, walk downstairs, grab a cup of coffee, and you're good to go, right? <laughs> and he was like. He was he was pretty drunk at the time, but his his entire reaction was uh, very cyclic. Where he would go, "What time is Masters tomorrow? Eight thirty? Who who does that? I mean, I'm not I'm not going. I'm not going. Eight thirty? What time is it at? This happened about <laughs> five times in about five oh minutes, God. and we just, <laughs> it was just that's it funny. Was, it, it killed us, and we were. 
Yeah, last year because it was a two day and we had to leave Saturday night because Rudy had something going on for the for the yeah. job that Alan has now. Ironically, yeah, yeah, it's always that weekend for some reason. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So we weren't actually playing, so we slept in and then came over and joked about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? But yeah, so I, I will be trying to do it on five hours of sleep, which means I'll probably it. end up just playing like one master the entire time, and I think I, I'm just going to not I'm even worry lose about my mind if you like, my best if, game. If, if by having to simplify because your brain is exhausted, you start like underthinking and therefore <laughs> better playing, I don't know, like... I think that I think that if you, if like the simplicity of the moves that you're making causes the just the prime primal winning of Malifaux to happen. I, would I don't think that that's possible in this game. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Uh, uh, maybe yeah. in maybe in one point five, but uh, Jerry has his story about the Masters before you know when somebody won it in twenty minutes. Well, unable to stand or something. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> playing yeah. from the ground. Yeah, it's like last year on Sunday, I was so so dead. I think I got like three or four hours of sleep, and I still showed up and played because I wasn't gonna drop out. But yeah. I got you came all that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was able to get my well, game in. Sure. Pulled out. Pulled out a a win against a very hard crew. So that made me very confident that as long as you get a few hours of sleep and you get a cup of coffee, you can yeah. do okay. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of events, about it. Adam, do you have something that you want to plug? Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is as good a segue as we're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, okay, so I have, we, have, we have events in New England all the way through at least June. Um... There are a few more major ones, uh, specifically Captain Con, which is I don't know if you guys heard about that last year, but this is this is the second year that it's getting run, and it's uh, down in Taunton, Mass. It's actually run by the New England Privateers. Um, it's a group of guys that also run Temple Con for. Uh, Privateer Press, and if you're Who's... aware of TempleCon, it's like the biggest uh, war machine, biggest Privateer Press event. Um, I think in the U.S. definitely, and might be in the world. I don't know. It's, it's where they unveil all of their stuff for the year type of type of type of event. So those guys that run run the events there know what they're doing. So they started this thing called Captain Con, basically put it six months out ish from the TempleCon event, and they had been doing this thing called just the New England team tournament, I think, and uh, it it basically was growing too big, and they couldn't afford to get a space themselves in like a hotel, but they wanted to still have their their team event, and they wanted to expand, so they looked to try and get other game systems to come in. I know one of the through through a friend of mine, I was introduced to the, the, these guys, and uh, basically helped do their inaugural year last year and it went off really well so it was a Kickstarter got funded fairly quickly uh, I mean not, not like right away like a, like a game would but it, it did get funded and uh, was a success it was it was a big event for being their first event so this year uh, it is going to be July 17th to the 19th in Taunton Mass if you want information on it it's captaincon.com C-A-P-T-A-I-N-C-O-N.com. And the dates are up there. Hotel codes are available. 
Uh, it's at a Holiday Inn, I think it's called. Uh, it's a really nice hotel. They have a lot of space. We're actually getting both the upstairs and downstairs space, or upstairs and uh, rooms outside of the main hall area to, to fill in with other games. Uh, they do a really cool uh, prize element to their to their uh, weekend, and you learn you earn captain log points based on what events you partake in. So if you play in a tournament, if you do well in a tournament, you get points uh, that you can then go trade in at the captain's uh, captain's log table, and you can get games. Like I got Super Dungeon Explorer last year. I basically turned in my points and got Super Dungeon Explorer. It's a hell of a game. Yeah. Awesome. So you and then like we also ran for my Malfo events. I ran and had um, Weird had sent me a great prize box of goodies. I also gave prizes out for the event that I ran, as well as I put some into the prize pool that anybody could get from other systems. And the idea there is they want to these the New England privateers. They don't. They're not just privateer press games. They want to you know make it a, a game con that you can play anything that you want. So they want to see people being able to get access to a Malfo box if they're playing private press games and vice versa. So they're very welcoming of many other systems, which is really nice. Uh, and we, we were the second biggest uh, system there last year, which is great. We were basically second to the private nice. press guys. Uh, so that's the big event. It's a Nova qualifier, so that's important. Yay. Put that on your calendar. If you're in the vicinity and uh, want to actually qualify and get a, a free ride to the Nova Open, uh, Matt Stanley would be proud to hear me say his his favorite words: Nova Open or or Krulligan. Cool. Krulligan. <laughs> Krulligan, right? Oh, sure. Krulligan, Krulligan. Oh, that's Dan. Dan. Yeah. Well, the two of them in the same room together, they just start <laughs> the saying Krulligan to each yeah, other wow. for two hours, and before you know it, they've you know solved the laws of relativity again or something based off of Krulligan. <laughs> Krulligan. Yep. You say a word enough times, it stops meaning anything. Uh, unless you say Kadai. <laughs> I I have changed <laughs> my ways. I have I continue to have people say that word to me, and I find it, it's really funny because uh, now Dan is saying it to me at at the club. He's like, "Well, it's a joke going on. I don't know if you know that we all agree that we're gonna now say it, and you can't say it." I instead. Yeah. Well, am I supposed to say Kadai or am I supposed to say Karai now? Because you're saying it. Do I get to say it? Do I not get to say it? Tell me what to do. I'm supposed to make people I think happy. you just have to, every other time, just switch. Really. Perfect. That'll be way less annoying. Exactly. It's going to be really difficult <laughs> to follow for myself, but I will, I will yeah. say it however I say it, whenever I say it, based on how I've said it at that point in time, and I will receive no Well, comment. we will accept any pronunciation of... Of uh, Kirai or Kadai at Captain Con. Okay. All right. Perfect. So I could play a Kadai so crew. At... <laughs> you could play a Kadai crew. Could I yeah. also play a Kirai crew? Here's the question: Could I play Kadai in round one and Kirai in round two, or would I have to choose one for the for the whole day? As long as they're uh, painted in different color schemes. Oh shit! I'd have to buy the <laughs> plastic. Perfect. You have to have the plastic version and the metal version. Yeah, I have my metal version, and she's. Uh, I think she's painted. Maybe she's not. Maybe I only her. You posted. Yeah, you posted it her spirits, but I don't think I've ever seen her. In the I painted. Flesh. I painted all five Onryo. I painted all five Station. I painted all five Gaki, and I never touched Datsuba or Karai, because I stopped. I stopped having games to play with them, and so therefore, yeah. 
I have mm-hmm. one more to play, and I swear it's going to be a mindless zombie uh, run. <laughs> I'm yes. very excited about it. Well, mm-hmm. if you want to come out to Captain Con, you should play Kirai. I <laughs> cannot because it's on the East Coast and I have no money. <laughs> well, Al, how far are you? Yeah, you're, that would be you're, in, uh, you're Detroit area, right? No, I'm Portland now. Yeah. Portland, Oregon. No, I know you are, but, uh, but Al's... Oh, Al's yeah, Al's I'm, done, yeah, I'm in Detroit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't... I, currently, I don't have a job for the summer, so, you know... You should do it. <laughs> Take the drive. You can you can get Joe. Yeah, just, get Joe to go with you. Yeah. Are you going to be... All come out. You're coming out for Cali, for Cali folks? Which, no, I, I can't. I forget the weekend that this is. This is. Uh, it's like June or something. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up real quick. But I probably will not be flying out for California unless something really weird happens. No, I mean, I'd like. <laughs> to, I, I talked to Chrissy and I wanted to go last year. This year I can't go either. But um, it's sometimes I can. I I've been out there and I can do for work. I can I can kind of do meetups and stuff. But I can't really plan. I I only I do Gen Con. I've Typically do Adepticon, I do TempleCon, uh, now I'm doing CaptainCon, so kind of can't get that many more Actually, passes. It's interesting you should mention your uh, your trip out to California last <laughs> because uh, I've been talking with Joe about potentially doing some art for let's see if I can pull it up uh, for doing some art for your guys' new logo, mm. um, and the the only. Only picture that I could find of you anywhere was on her Facebook feed. Um, oh, really? So I. Let's see. That's that's good. That means I'm doing something right. I don't know if you noticed my icon and my yeah. my Google. I like I don't have many. My my picture's not yes. uh, <laughs> widely disseminated. Like if you search for my name online, it actually comes up with uh, a a paralyzed guy that's like my same age that I guess was like drug like a drug problem or something and got into an accident I don't know but wow. yeah so yeah. I got a lot of cover stories there's there's other Adam Helblings so I don't have yeah. to worry about people finding me online no, I, I've got the same thing with if you google my name it's like some actor from the 70s so it's like no one's ever going to find me without <laughs> really trying <laughs> it's nice you don't have to worry about employers finding stuff you know? <laughs> there's, a way, but, there's uh, a way to whoa. pop my Oh, screen share. There we go. Okay. And then, how are you gonna make it go to the audio podcast? Really? It's not gonna be able to. So it's only. This is just for you. I want to record your reaction to to what we're looking at here. You guys can post it in the show notes, I we guess. Could. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're listening, go to the show notes right now to live hear <laughs> Adam's reaction. <laughs> so we got. And while we're waiting, yeah. I'm gonna talk about Califo because it is. Uh, I looked it up. It's June fifth through the seventh. So if you're interested in that, anybody listening, go to it. So maybe, essentially what we're looking at here, if you're, <laughs> I may be, yeah. I think I'm going to try and road trip down with some of our locals. Um, so what you're looking at here is we got uh, a picture of uh, Adam in the foreground uh, hiding behind a mostly ruined wall, uh, a picture of Joe with Seamus' gun, Nicodem's staff, and a top hat in the background. And then assorted <laughs> zombies, punk zombies, rotten bells in the background. Yep. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get that all painted up nice, and then uh, and then send that off to you guys. <laughs> That's why I do I do some art. It's very interesting because <laughs> I actually couldn't tell who is who. Oh, it's very yeah, politics. It's, 
Well, he's got glasses on. You don't have glasses, right? I do have glasses, right. but I'm not probably not wearing them in that picture. Okay. It's funny because we have somebody else also doing, um, but she's so she does. She's a cosplayer, her and her husband, and they do really cool stuff of her uh, War Machine, and they're local gamers and stuff. So we we, we talk to them a lot. But she's a graphic artist uh, as her profession. So I had asked her in her spare time if she could do something for us, and I think I overwhelmed her <laughs> with ideas. And she was like, oh, my God, that seems really hard. So, um, <laughs> I, I mean, really, I don't really care. Joe and I have had the, the old logo for like a year and a half now, and it doesn't really matter at all. But we've just been thinking, like, we should probably change it so that Spencer isn't the one on the card, on the Black Joker card. At some point in time. Yeah. Joe and I take a very... Um, Lazy fair approach to podcasting. <laughs> lazy fair? <laughs> it's lazy, but it's fair. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's, so, uh, if, you get, like. if you get a taunted mass, I'm just saying it's like 11 hours. You can do that in a day. That's nothing. I've done that before. I've driven all the way to Detroit. I've been up to the UP there. I've, it's like, yeah. you know. Nice. Good stuff. It's gorgeous. I don't think I think Rudy lived in Detroit for like five years and never went to the UP. Probably. I never got to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't I go mean, to Canada either. We're gonna see what happens, and that's like ten minutes from where you were living. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just south of us. I didn't have a passport. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So we've done a plug. We've done our our, our updates. I got one more plug, though. Oh, okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, because I have Captain Con, that's, like, the big one. Like, everyone should come to Captain Con. should, like, take take a weekend and come because it's going to be awesome. I have a but quick I'm question. Also... Are they going to do Kickstarter for it again this year? Or is that done? Is uh, one time? I believe they're going to again. Uh, they've taken okay. all the money that they made extra from last year, and they put it back in for this year already to fund expanding. But they're going to do Kickstarter again, I think. Uh, the last I've... Uh, the Conversations I've had with them, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Kickstarter again. But cool. uh, yeah, actually, let's before we move up past Captain Con, I wanted to talk about what I'm gonna be doing for the events there because they're slightly different than standard events. So yeah, I was gonna um, ask. You about that. So I I have the rules kind of like loosely written in my head. Uh, effectively, we're gonna do a gaining grounds because we gotta have a qualifier. So that's gonna be Saturday. That's gonna be be the main event. I'm gonna probably do that like an early start. Actually, we'll probably do like a nine o'clock start. Uh, so that's gonna be the main event. That's what people should come and, and play and, and do do qualifying for uh, and whatnot. But the weekend is gonna be centered around a team event, and I'm gonna to change what I did last year. Last year I ran what I called a doppelganger, and the doppelganger was just a very similar to and reminiscent of the Adepticon doubles events that I that Joe and I actually met at and I played in and met other people and, and they're a lot of fun, right? Uh, in second edition I think they're a little more cumbersome. They're still a lot of fun, but uh, if you don't have the right group of players that are willing to spend the day and like really grind out that many games with that many models on the table, um, it can be can be a little daunting. Uh, with that said, it did go over really well last year. The issue is, this year, because I need the main event to be gaining grounds, I don't want to run that on on Friday or a Sunday. So, uh, what I'm doing is I'm taking the idea of a team event, and I'm going to do what uh, the guys down in Connecticut do for, I think it's uh, Warhammer Fantasy, it's called Bragging Rights. Uh, and the idea is you come to the event with a team, uh, and you earn points for your team over the course of the, say, weekend. 
And what we're going to do is you sign up with three, uh, it's a three-member team. You're going to have a captain. Captain's going to decide things that might be important for the team based over the uh, course of the weekend. Uh, and on Friday, uh, and this is still somewhat tentative, Friday I'm going to run a more or less a hardcore. And um, your ranking throughout the weekend is going to be somewhat based off of how well your, your team does overall. Hmm. So uh, the idea is that matchups will be more or less based off of that. To, to some degree, and if you come, so so that's that's hardcore, right? And then we're gonna have the main, which is regular regular gaining grounds, gaining gaining grounds on Saturday. There's still gonna be the possibility to earn points for your team, but the matchups not gonna be based off of your team matchups. At least I don't think I'm gonna do that this year. Uh, but then Sunday I'm gonna run a, uh, a a somewhat standard gaining ground event, but this one's gonna be more or less. Your team is how you get ranked for each round going forward, and your captain can decide. Okay, so say say we're a three-player team, the three of us, and uh, you know Rudy, you're the captain. We get ranked against uh, Joe, Ian, and I don't know somebody else. Um, they they have their captain choose who they want their their player to be that matches up against our player in the next round. So we get to pick, like, if we want our strongest player, right, with that particular matchup to go, we get to choose at that at that point. So I'm gonna. Oh, gonna... I see. So it's like, cause, cause what I was thinking was you, like, each of those three players plays a game, and then you get to, like, maybe the whoever's highest rank gets to choose who. No, because I want everyone to play always, right? Everyone should be always playing, but I, right. but the idea is that when a matchup occurs, like between two teams. Those players are going to go play their game, but the the, the matchup of the of the two teams that are going to play are uh, based off of what or so the two players are going to play are based off what the team decides. Right. The players are going to be as a matchup. So you could say like, okay, Al, you're going to go because you know they've declared that they're playing Rezzers, right? And you're you're you want to take you you know you're good against Rezzers for whatever reason. Uh, I've I've toyed with the idea of having a set list of uh, crews. That you have, so each of you comes with, or not crews, but I guess masters that mm -hmm. you can only play in your team. So, and it doesn't have to be the same faction, but you basically can say we're gonna have one uh, Ironsides player, and then we'll take uh, a Terra, and we'll take a I don't know Lucius or something like that, right? And that's our that's our pool, more or less, our pool that we can choose. So when we get a matchup, if I have only played one game with Lucius, but you guys think that I should go take Lucius and play against the opponent. You can, we can decide as a team. I'm going to go play Lucius, even though I might have only played a few games with him before. So mm. it's it's kind of like a little weird mix of things that is your a team. You know, your, your team gets to to play play with, and I'm going to do things like you get points for if you have a team T-shirt, if you have team camaraderie, you come with like a team song, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm for it. I want all these things. Awesome. That does sound like um, a lot of fun. It sounds it sounds very reminiscent of of MCCC last year that I heard about on the Malafools podcast, where you there was like a, a big long thing where there was a whole campaign and there were a bunch of different tables that all had different rules and mm -hmm. if you're if one of your masters Just like strip. everyone brings two or three masters each and if you lose that master yeah. gets. Uh, um, uh, held hostage, and you can like right. negotiate, yeah, you can, yeah. or you can try. And sounds like a off. like a simplified stripped down version of that, which does sound yeah. like fun. I like, like the idea of just changing up the rules for uh, 
cons too to make them a little bit more distinct. It's really cool. So instead of just having your standard fare, getting a little bit more. Yeah, and at the end of the weekend, like, uh, whoever's team involved. earns the most points is going to get the team, like a team award type of thing. So I think it's fun. Uh, cool. I love like the whole team element of of miniature games. Uh, it's tough to weave it in a lot of times because miniature games are a solo game most of the time. But yeah. uh, and without without making the games take longer, you know that's that's the toughest thing. Uh, I do like the new rule the new rule set they came out with that Weird has at the alternate. Uh, play style. I think it's called. Gosh, what's it called? Uh, I have to look it up. But it's a you get it's a it's a two-player tournament uh, where you where like we played Adepticon usually where it's you know you have two players in the same same side versus two other players, and it's you can only take a master and a henchman. And you sh- I think you share yeah, deck in those new rules. Yeah, I I played the the same sort of format but with only henchman led. Mm-hmm. And that was really it was simplified it a lot and it was still a lot of fun. So I, I mean I don't think that it takes away quite a few uh, potentially extremely broken interactions. But yeah. but if that's what like I, I know that there are a lot of people who go into doubles tournaments because of those crazy yeah. broken interactions. Like it, <clears throat> the question is how much how much can we break the game? I know Al and I were a little surprised by how much of that was going on. It was like it was the Sonia Perdita crew that we fought in. I think the second round that just absolutely hosed us all the way through. Yeah, there's so many. There's that just made so me many. Think that myself, how how could we do that kind of thing? How could we find the broken? Yeah. Well, it was our first con and our first doubles tournament ever. That's true. So, That's like, true. <laughs> did not know what to expect at all. But. The Terra Vix crew is. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Hey, let's give the Vix fast. And also deliver Bloodvic to uh, the, yep. the front of the line. Why not? Yeah. And then I'll pick her back up and then drag her back to the beginning and then I'll deliver where she needs to be next turn, too. Uh, Alan and I's plan was to bring Lucius and have him hire in uh, Guild Ostringers and Kalodi, who can give them arcane brilliance and then cause them to attack something like four times per turn with focus. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> And then it's like, all right, the yeah, he hits you from 14 and no line of sight, and now you have to choose whether or not you want to discard a card or gain burning and take damage. <laughs> and there's some shenanigans there. Yeah, there's, but that's there's one a lot. Of, you know, but it's fun to have those variants where it's more of a over the whole weekend you're still working together instead of like the team tournament where it's one day and you're just done and then mm-hmm. it'll be a, be a good event. And then you, had, you said you had another event you wanted to play here. Yeah, it's just a lo- more local event, but it's uh, we have some of the guys coming from New York too. Potentially, it's going to be at a at a brew pub, and they have a back back area where we're going to get uh, catered, and it's going to be just a regular. I think I'm gonna, either going to run a regular gaining grounds, or I'm going to run a kind of primer for uh, the depending on what I do for the uh, Captain Con event. So that's going to be May 2nd, and that's in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, I have tickets that are being sold. There's, I need to sell to a certain limit so that I can put a down payment. If I don't get enough sold, I'm still going to run the event. It just won't be at that venue. It'll be somewhere else. Um, so it's tickets are, I'm using air quotes, are non-refundable, but they're transferable. <laughs> so we still can use the tickets for other stuff. So people should go sign up, and then it'll count towards whatever the event is that day, and that's May 2nd. Uh, the link, actually, let me get the link real quick for the, uh, for the event. Actually, I think it's off my blog, which is 
<sighs> what is it? P-Falcons Nest. P-Falcons-Nest.blogspot.com is uh, my blog, and on there I do have a link to the event uh, to buy tickets. It's called Live Free or Die Cheating 2015. Mm. And the link, maybe we'll just, I'll send you the link and you can put it in the show notes. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Sure, yeah. There's also uh, an event going on in Portland that I should uh, plug because I'm certainly going to go to it. It'd be cool to see people there. Uh, it is May 2nd and 3rd, also 2015. It is Breaching the Foe, which is uh, this year's event of this is the new name, which means it's definitely not well purchased. Ah. Except that it's actually Breaching the Foe. Essentially, the guy, apparently the guy who... who was running while purchase was like I don't want to run while purchase anymore and Josh our henchman was like can I do it and he's like no and so he just changed the name so that he could keep doing it um, yeah. I give Josh doing... a lot of credit I like Josh I met him last year at Depticon he, he's yeah. keeping the keeping the strength over there on the west coast for you guys yeah him and him and Chrissy and you know a lot of there's a lot of there's a big presence down in California uh, but. He's doing a pretty good job of keeping things rolling here. And Dan and I and him are all sort of looking to try and really create a competitive environment here in Portland as well. We're trying to increase our number of events, even if it's just, you know, me and Dan and Josh each running three standard uh, tournaments a year every other month or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we can get up to a pretty decent... Uh, hopefully we can get... We had, we had something like 12 people at... Uh, Beer Lefo this week. Thirteen, if you count Josh as, as the organizer. We had we were running six tables at one point in time. It was really amazing to see. Like I feel like we're growing a little bit, which is cool. That's that's good. I I, I feel like that's one of the biggest or the toughest things that people I see talk about either on the forums or in general is like, well, I only had like you know X number of people at my event, and it's like, but did you play? Did you have fun? Like I think the point should be that even if your event's smaller or bigger, it doesn't matter. The fact that you're having events on a regular basis, you you have to expect over a couple of years you're going to start to grow. Like it's yeah. just you, you have to get boots on the ground, literally. Uh, and you can't say I want a tournament scene if you're not trying to create. A, like if you don't create a tournament scene, it doesn't just pop up. Yeah. So. Dan had one back, I think, in October where literally it was like ten people said they were maybe coming, and then six people showed up, but it was still a hell of a time, you know. Yeah, these people tournaments yeah. are still you know two or three rounds just to get to to full full disqualification. It's good, and we're looking to do more of it. So if you're in the Portland area or nearby, I mean Seattle, it's a bit of a drive, but you can come down on the train. Um, we're we're looking to start ramping up things. Join Malifaux PDX on Facebook. We do a lot of uh, sort of event posting there, or continue to listen to this. I'll post stuff as it comes up. And so I think do uh, very briefly do we do we we're at something like two hours, <laughs> hour uh, and a half. Uh, do do we want to should just do? Go ahead. Maybe we should just do the Q and A from Twitter and not worry well, about getting can, too much. I mean, we can talk a little bit, but I mean, yeah, we could we could what, do the quick. What's your favorite strategy? What's your favorite schemes? What are your least yeah. favorite strategies? What are your least favorite schemes? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I already talked about stuff. Pandora a little bit earlier too. So yeah, we talked a little bit earlier. Yeah. 
Well, because we're going to talk about, we have Adam on. He was going to plug stuff and talk about Pandora. I have zero games played with Pandora, but I own her. Mm. I won a, the Dayglow, uh, an event Joe ran last year, and just haven't even, I put them together and looked at them, and they're pretty, but never uh, played them, so I'm looking to start out with her. So we wanted oh. to talk about that a little bit. Well, her box is pretty good. Um I, I really think her box is decent. Uh, it lacks a little bit on the super heavy hitting, but it's still... I mean, don't get me wrong, Candy I mean, um, I mean, Candy can hit, but uh, Baby baby Cade can, can do some massive damage. Um, yeah. The fact that you just need a, really a Teddy or something like that. Um, well, I mean, I, I have a bunch of Neverborn stuff already, so it's not... <laughs> yeah. I don't need the models. I, I've got like five of the masters and never born two somehow for some reason. But just more, just getting into her, looking at her upgrades and stuff. I mean, I I've played against her a few times. She seems like she's all about the uh, auras and stuff. So, hmm. Well, why don't we just talk about that? What strategies do you like her in? So I'm pretty much. I don't say always. I could probably tell you looking at my little stat thing here, but uh, definitely Turf War. She's very strong. Yeah. Uh, I, I would argue that like most masters are. I mean, Turf War is such an easy strategy. Uh, the nice thing about her Turf War, though, is that she doesn't have to really be in the thick of it. Uh, the one thing that makes that is not great with her Turf War is like she can't really help her crew out. She just does extra damage from stuff uh, by being within six inches of the thing that's getting the fails of willpower duels and, and whatnot. Uh, and most of her ranges are, are pretty decent, like 10s and 12s. So she doesn't really have to be in there. Um, what she does, though, is obviously her crew having anything to do with pulses or auras or forcing willpower duels in a certain area, that's where she kind of starts to shine more. Uh, and the fact that she can also hand out negative to willpower duels herself is one of the things I really like with her. She basically has my favorite thing in the game, which is putting somebody on a negative flip, right? Um, so her cry for me is a two soulstone upgrade that she can use to do project emotions and can hand out negative to willpower duels to things uh, that fail that duel. And then Kaladi pulls string, and then sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I've really played her on Turf War and Extraction. I'm just looking here. I've played her on Headhunter. Uh, I have played her, again, on an Extraction, Extraction, and Turf War. So uh, I've only had one game where I've used her in Headhunter. And, uh, but I can sort of see where that, would, that, that strategy would sort of line up, where if you do those, you're dying on your activation or at the end of your activation or after failing a willpower duel, now it's my turn, I'll swoop over and grab the head because it's right there, we're not. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, 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 was, I went against, it was against the Lucius crew. So, uh, yeah, she, she she had a tough time in that game, but she definitely definitely did okay. Uh, I The game, I, I don't know, I have a tough time saying that any master is really good at one particular strategy because I think most can do the strategy. I think it's the schemes and the crew composition that really is where you're going to get most of your points. Yeah. So, um, I will take Pandora in those type of strategies that I just mentioned, but it's really I swap out her crew more for the schemes that might pop up. Uh, I could see her doing well in Reckoning, but at the same time, why would I take her when I can probably just take Lilith 
or Lynch in that case. Mm. Um, Reconnoiter, I don't know that she would be so... I mean, I, I could make her work in that. I just don't see... It would be a very different crew. Uh, I'd probably take a bishop. I'd probably take um, something... Actually, I'd probably take some insidious... Uh, insidious Madness are peons, aren't they? Or are they minions? Insidious Madness are, are, are minions. They're minions. So, yeah, I might take some of those. It's... Oh, it's tough because I I will mix stuff. I don't I I used to stay thematic, but uh, if I was to take Pandora in Reconnoiter, I'd probably take things that are more resilient um, and and do things like that, like Illuminated, which is just weird, but I would, you know. Yeah, that's well, it's Illuminated. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are fantastic. Uh, Pandora's then, that's good to hear though, because Pandora is one of those ones where I, for some reason in my head, I had it like. She really wants her thematic models to give out, you know, all the willpower and the misery and everything. But being thinking about it from another perspective, there's a ton of stuff that would work with her just by causing those willpower duels. Yeah, uh, it's, in faction to look at too. So it's tough. There's not a there is there's a, a healthy amount, but there's not a ton. That's um, mostly the auras and the pulses and the range type of stuff. The the, the like within type of things. Yeah. I think. So, I don't know, Reconnoiter, I don't know that I would necessarily play around. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Stake a claim, sure. Uh, I would. I would probably take Fugue State with her so that I could put her in position so that anytime someone flipped... It, it both This would go for Squatter's Rights and Stake a Claim, uh, such that I could have that 8-inch bubble where if they take interact actions, they have to take a willpower duel and then take damage if they fail it, etc. Um, so, I could see her working in those those as well. Uh, for the new ones, uh, collect the bounty. Mm, sure. She's pretty sneaky as far as her movement shenanigans because she has the ability that anytime she, uh, on an opposable power duel, uh, um, succeeds, she gets to push four inches. Yeah. So uh, her insight uses her willpower, which is nice. So she could kind of be sneaky and try and get away. Uh, where she yeah, fails... A lot of non-enforcers, non non-henchmen, so you'll be bringing a lot of models that will take a little bit to kill and also won't grant a lot of collective bounty points. Yeah, the issue is that um, I, in, I find that in my cruise of Pandora, there's actually a large amount... I don't take anything that's a peon, really. Mm. So, and sorrows are really easy to kill. So, Definitely. I would probably not take any sorrows in her crew in that case. But that kind of kind of sucks. The sorrows are just good. They just go places. They just get to be where you want them to be because they have the um, misery loves company. Yeah, misery loves company. Exactly. Yeah, they snap, snap within eight inches, and yeah, yeah, that's a, they can move around a lot. They're real good for that. And, What's what's being, another one? Being annoying. Uh, so the other stats. Other, other, oh, there's the interference, stats. which is the new interference yeah. is the new reconnoiter. So I imagine that's fairly similar and just yeah, except you better. do have those nice big uh, melee ranges for engaging people. Yeah, there's just better there's better crews I would take for that. Like I I like oh uh, yeah I like Lucius in that. Mm -hmm. Pretty nice in that. Um, then uh, there's the. Guard the stash, which is the two separate uh, two-inch markers, ten inches apart. 
that you have to yeah. be within two inches of to get a point. So that'd be sort yeah. of like I could see that. Probably not quite as good as turf war, but she could still do it. I'm sure. Yeah, the only thing is with if the models place themselves in the right position, they cannot be affected by our pulses and auras. So yeah, that's the only thing you'd be they careful. They do line of sight and everything. So yeah, that's a good uh, point. That's a solid point. I would never have thought about that. So. Yeah. Uh, that's the last one I think, right? Because we did extraction, yeah. interference, headhunter, guard the stash, collect the bounty. Yeah. So yeah, no, she's. I mean, she's pretty solid. I I like playing her a lot because I love any anything willpower based in the game. Uh, and the fact that she has the ability to give things negative willpower duels is is a lot of fun. Uh, as far as schemes, she I okay bodyguard. If that shows up, I'm probably taking candy and putting it on her. I've done it with Barbaros too. Uh, Barbaros bodyguard is is very solid. Uh, I can definitely see taking assassinate. The issue is that if assassinates in the pool, I also don't want Pandora near stuff because she can fold somewhat easily. So that's the one thing I'm cautious of. Like assassinate was that that was the other. Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned it. assassinate was in the pool yesterday, and one of the tricks that I do use to keep my models alive. Any of the uh, it's not a trick. Well, the, the things that I do with with uh, Pandora is I use her martyr, and when a friendly woe within six of her takes damage after they reduce it. So, like, say a sorrow takes three points of damage, it reduces it to two, and then I can take one point of damage on Pandora. Um, so that's how I give some of my bottles that have less health a little bit longer uh, lifespan, uh, and then I can stone for damage also. Uh, on, on Pandora. The issue is when assassinates in the pool, like it was yesterday, I knew I was putting myself kind of out there by taking a lot of the damage off of my other models and putting it on, on Pandora. Mm. But Candy being in the list, she can go within two inches and do her uh, goodie basket to heal. So there's that. And it just needs like a four or five mm-hmm. of rams. There's a lot more healing in the game now. There's the, there's the addition change. That's something I've noticed quite a bit too. Yeah, but I, in Neverborn, there's really not that that much. There's regens, but there's not direct healing that much. Good point. Yeah. But uh, you're just blurred by your arcanists. Rooting That's with true. Healing. <laughs> well, well uh, I'm still extremely jealous of the slop haulers who just have <laughs> ridiculous amount of heal. Yeah, yeah. they do. They don't even have, they don't even have to work for it. They just get with them. And when you're doing things like Get Your Bro, that makes sense. But when you're doing things like, I don't know, uh, The Kin or The... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, we'll talk about that some other time. Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's... Uh, are there any strategies, or I mean, sorry, schemes that you really, really don't like with her? That I really don't like with Pandora? Uh, let's see. Like I said, I think Assassinate. Uh, I wouldn't take yeah. with her as much. Uh, the, her crew could handle doing it, but she doesn't... She Her being near stuff is where she force multiplies what her crew... Uh, the, her crew's kind of auras and, and, and duels are forcing, so that's the only issue. And if she gets engaged quickly... Is, if she can't, if she can't uh, succeed on her opposed willpower duel because she can use her willpower for uh, her defense then if she can't succeed in that, which you think seven's high and it is, but there are things out there that can that can make that still difficult on you. And if she gets hit like hard... Like a bell. Yeah. Yes. 
Right. Or Howard Langston. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say assassinate, um, but I still would consider it. Uh, it's just not my go-to. Mm-hmm. Uh, breakthrough and protect territory. Yeah, those are those are easy. Regardless, uh, she. If I'm doing breakthrough though with her crew, I have to probably do it with somebody like Candy, which I hate because then she's not doing what I like her to do otherwise. Uh, but that's that's just the situation because she doesn't have a ton of scheme runners herself. Uh, the 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 one way to do it is with a primordial magic in that in that case. You, you take a primordial magic and just make sure it gets protected and and run it up the side. Yeah. So yeah, but, I mean, any of the any of the suit ones are really in in her in her wheelhouse, but maybe assassinate being the one of the weaker ones. Yeah. But it's not. It's the thing is, it's tough to talk about her specifically. I think it's really it's it's the stuff that you take with with your crew, and it's how it's it's hard to define. Um, actually, yeah. my uh, Ian, a guy from around here, he's been on the podcast, our podcast lately. Uh, he just wrote up something kind of how to construct a crew, and I thought it was very uh, very well written. He's trying to teach a bunch of new players how to how to kind of build crews that are coming from 40k, uh, and he addressed it in in basically categorizing your models. So you have your beaters, you have your kind of uh, distract models or drawing attention models, you have your uh, jack of all trade models, and then how you synergize those in your crew composition. And I think that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I mean, Pandora, like plant explosives, uh, is probably not great. Like, I, it's it. The problem is, I look at a lot of the schemes as what's going to be done against me and how I'm going to play my crew, rather than how I'm going to. Like, I know the schemes and they pop up what I'm going to go do with my crew. It's I get more concerned when I'm building my crew, how the schemes that my opponent are going to try and pull on me are going to affect their scoring. So, like, playing explosives is a terrible one, I think, because I know that my opponent, if they take it, can get a lot of points. Yeah, I've played plant explosive against Pandora, and it is not difficult at all. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where it's like, when you get those, there's certain masters where you know they're, they want to have a lot of models near each other, and it's just, you automatically take it, and she's one that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I want to take it against her. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's several. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right with the crew construction being very important to that. Oh, yeah, totally. That's, that's why I think one of my secret reasons for loving Leviticus is I can just play so many... There's so many options. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. You know, you can bring in stuff from everywhere, and get the exact tool for your crew that you want. Yeah, but you, you, you say that as a as a player of Malifaux for a while. Like I think Levy, while he has that versatility, he's not easy for someone that's new to, to wrap their head around. Oh, oh yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. And I have, you know, models from every faction that Levy can bring, right. so it's... <laughs> yeah, I think he epitomizes you know, I, I, the, uh, the difficult... Like, if you... If you play Levy and you have access to everything, he epitomizes the second guessing of yourself when you'd be building a list. Like I think <laughs> when you play him, you're probably just like, "Well, is this the right thing to take or is that?" Because he's just got so many options. Iron or bone, oh, yeah. iron or bone, every time. Yeah, it's not that hard for me because a lot of the resers I really like are both. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, necropunks, so, flesh constructs. Yeah, both are great. Anyway, we're talking about Pandora. <laughs> Cooligans? Oh no! Wait, sorry. You can't bring those. 
Yeah, well, the other thing I wanted to talk about with her was her upgrades. Okay. Um, That's good, because one of the questions was, what upgrades and why? Does she oh, have perfect. any more yes. or models that you include? So, yeah. This, right. guy, this insidiously mad literally asked all of the questions that we were going to ask anyway, so thank you for being on the same page with us. <laughs> so, alright, so I... I took a I take a different approach now than I used to, and I used to take the approach of I liked voices. Voices was a cheap upgrade, and it's 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 the ability for her to <coughs> not kill stuff and make it paralyzed, which is nice, uh, off of her self-loathing and self-harm, and it also makes it so that models cannot reduce the damage uh, from misery, uh, and that's just. A nice, a nice thing to have, and I was playing with that because I didn't think that the box opens, which is her other limited, was worth the two soul stones. Um, and I still don't think that I make a ton of use out of it for two soul stones, but I end up taking it more than I want, mostly because the schemes that pop up are ones that, by having that, it makes it that much more difficult for my opponent. For example, assassinate last night. Assassinate was in the pool. I figured I gotta take the box open so that if the if my opponent wants to target me to do uh, to, to kill me, then they're gonna have to take a terrifying test and, and all that stuff. So uh, on her box right. open, she can also remove the immunities to horror and paralyzed uh, from the, from the model. So like if you yeah, had that seems uh, like a really nice yeah. So that synergizes as well, but for two points, it's a tough one to to take always. Um, and it's her limited. Terrifying so. 13 all is... Re yeah, you're also taking up the limited spot, but the Terrifying 13 all is really powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a good one. Yeah, it gives I, her a range 6 to do some damage. The, the weirdest thing, though, is it's, a, it's, it's her only defense thing that goes against defense. <laughs> yeah. Which and, is good uh, and bad, right? You have to realize that she does most of the stuff going against willpower, so if there's something that has high willpower, this gives her another... Attack that goes yeah. does go against defense. Right, like if you're going against say a, a Perdita with Osveo crew, you can drop her. You can drop things by their low defense instead of their relatively high willpower at that point. Mm -hmm. oh, sure. No, not or Ancestral. They're, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean they still have high stats though in Perdita's crew, so it's still tough. But yeah, <laughs> uh, and and it's mm -hmm. it's funny too. That's also one of her lower casting numbers. Uh, most of her casts are sevens or eights, so. It's a one of her casts that's kind of low, so it's it's not a great. It's you're basically buying that for her terrifying. And at two points, it's yeah. it's expensive. Uh, but like I said, I take it on a, things times that assassinates in the pool or deliver a message. Um, those are two two reasons I would say that you want to probably put box opens on her. Um, but the next one, the next one's almost an always auto take for me. Um, I don't. Think, I think you can totally play with, fine without it, but it's it's great for two reasons. The first is it's a cast seven, which is a high cast. The second is it's range. Uh, it's ra so this is part of I guess the first one. The range of it is also ten, but it's the fact that it gives out negative to willpower duels, uh, and that's and that's just asking for you to do extra damage. So you basically set up with that, and then you just kind of roll with it. And the beauty of it is if they're within six inches when you actually cast this and they fail, they're also taking damage from from misery as well. The willpower, yeah. yeah. No, that's that seems like a really good one. That's one when I was first reading them, I 
I think I overlooked, but now that you pointed out, I'm just like, the negative to willpower duel seems so much more powerful. Yeah, you just set that up. You, you use your high card, right, oh. to do that, and now you're set yeah. up. You basically put your 13 or your red joker or whatever, and now you're more or less guaranteeing that whatever you want to do to that model is going to be done for the rest of the turn. Uh, and if everything else in your crew is also doing willpower duels, then it's also you know, the, on other activations, so it could, t- it could take advantage of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the kicker is, and this is no joke, the Dark Thoughts trigger. The fact that she can place the Blast Marker and hand out Pity, which is the negative 12 willpower duels, to other models just makes it really worth the two soul stone. Right. I mean, that's it's almost at, at that point, it's like three. It could be worth three. Mm-hmm. Um, and they yeah, still have to really pass willpower 14 really duel, but if they fail willpower 14 duel, they are in deep trouble. Mm. Yeah. And and the reason for that is uh, if she gets to use her her one ability when she's within four inches, and that one does one damage, and it's a willpower 14 duel, it's her inflict, and she it's a tactical action for her. So she just does inflict. She doesn't have to cast anything. Everything within four inches takes a willpower 14 duel. Yeah, so if you can get a couple also, models on... Targeted, you just, oh, my God. So it, yeah, does, it's, it's, it's a steam train that just kind of gets ramped up if you can put the, the cry for me. Uh, get Make good wow. use of cry for me. Yeah, that seems really brutal. Yeah. All right. Let's, let me pull up the Twitter questions. There's only a couple more. And one of them was a little covered already, but yeah. I'll just say what you're looking up. So Fugue State's her last other upgrade, and it's a good one, like I was saying earlier, where it's if a model takes an interact within 8 inches, they have to pass a willpower 15 duel or suffer one day. Or they still succeed at doing the action, but if they fail the willpower duel, they suffer a damage. And it's a willpower duel, so they suffer another damage, plus whatever number of sorrows or whatnot are around. And it's just an always-on thing, which is yeah. really nice. Yep. Again, like I said, that's like the stuff I like. That also gives her the nullify, which can be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing, one thing I would argue that pe- I see people do sometimes that I I can see it it working, but I it's not the way I play is putting fears given form on Pandora, uh, and I I don't do that, but I know people do like doing that. I just think that it limits what what she can do from mobility in her crew when you can be putting in other models and getting much better bang for the buck. Yeah, she can be really mobile, so I, if you don't really want to leave her in one spot to take advantage of that, can be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So, do you have the questions pulled up, Rudy? I do. We've covered quite a few of them already. The first one was what upgrades and why, which we just did. Uh, does she have any core models that you always include? We sort of covered that with sort of Barbaros or... I would say candy. Candy, definitely. I see candy so much, even not in just Pandora list. She's everywhere. Um, What are the best strats and schemes for her? That's something we've already sort of covered as well. Um, Joe Gerard asks, from from, uh, lovely downtown Wixom, Michigan, um, asks, how how do you get the poltergeist to work, and why do you take it over three stones in a primordial magic? Right. Drill Bucket, Ian also asks that question, and I think that, I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit, but if you want to expound upon that, that'd be great. Yeah, I just think the points to remember that I said earlier is I, I think they're both good. I think they both serve a purpose. I don't take the primordial magic when there's no schemes in the pool, uh, even though with Russian magic having an extra, or no schemes with their scheme mark placement uh, in the pool. 
Russian magic is great, but honestly, I think that in certain situations you can do the poltergeist where it can block block or make a charge lane more more or less le it's less less interesting for your opponent to take where you put down that little marker. Uh, and it it's a minion. It's a totem, it's a minion. Like I used it to give cursed object to uh, Ramos on last activation. Like that's that that's great. Uh, it's incorporeal. It's a woe, so while it can die fast, if if uh, Pandora is within within distance of it, she can martyr and take the damage forward instead. It has regen itself, and the fact that it gives out negative to willpower duels within two inches of it is also nice. So, it's also walk six in incorporeal, so I mean, yeah. just being able to move pretty quickly through stuff, not having to worry about terrain, could be good in certain boards, I'm sure. Right. Although, in, yeah, with being a minion, so it can actually take interacts, mm -hmm. which is nice. Yeah, I mm -hmm. I do know that the, I think the argument, and I don't I don't I haven't heard it a bunch. That the argument that I think people would make about it is that it's a big model because it's 50, 50 mil base, so it's quickly targeted. If it is left to do what it can do, it is a pain in the butt, and that's why people usually kill it. So they will just focus on it and kill it, and then you've lost five point. I mean, five soul stones that that you could have spent on a primordial magic and just left it off doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that if people are having a hard time with Poltergeist, they need to... I say this a lot. So, like, the Nothing Beast. Let me have a quick side <laughs> discussion on that. The Nothing Beast of course. does die. <laughs> but if you don't play the Nothing... If you play the Nothing Beast, then just like a, you just throw it in there, it's going to die. You have to time it. Same thing with the Poltergeist, right? You have to time your Poltergeist placement. You have to time... I mean, you have to do with all your models, but I think these models that are a little bit more vulnerable, you have to be very keen on watching what the right moment to have them do their one or two things. It's a five-point model. It's not going to be a jack-of-all-trades. It's going to probably do one, at best, maybe two things for you the whole game. Right? That's going to really change the game. And that's that's what it comes down to. I think that the Poltergeist is one of those models. Whereas the Primordial Magic, you just sit it in a corner, it gets you activations and helps you with activation control. It gets you a scheme marker because it ends up being a scheme marker and it gets you a card. Yes, for two points, that is the most cost-efficient, probably, totem in the game uh, next to uh, <laughs> Hungry and Darkness. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, Yes, Primordial Magic is very good, but there is a few instances where I think a Poltergeist can serve serve you well, and that's basically my 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 approach on it. <laughs> well, and just the having that option sometimes, you know, could be good. And it is a model that you don't see on the table a lot. I think because of that Primordial Magic being such a solid totem. Yeah, I mean it's it's really good. <clears throat> yeah. It's an awesome model too. I really like it. I, I, I think that the poltergeist translation, as opposed to the two uh, E's plastics, uh, was much better than the um, the Ikirio. Yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. I use my uh, my my Kidai, uh avatar. <laughs> Killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I also oh, use the the avatar for my. No, actually, I use the old one, but I just put it on a fifty mil base for now. But now that I know that I'm not going to get to use a Kirai avatar, <laughs> uh, I think I may go back to it. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, when you go to put Pandora, you have some idea um, what you feel like putting in there. Uh, I mean, the, the stuff to put in that's not in her box is uh, Barbaros, probably, and a Bad Juju. Those are two. Um, that and Teddy. I'd say those are the th- like maybe three big hitters that you could consider adding in, and they're yeah. they're gonna make you very happy with with her crew. Luckily, I own two of those, so and I love you, Bad Juju. Do you have Barbaros? I don't have Barbaros. I do not have Barbaros. Nah. He's the one I'm missing. Yeah, he's a tank. Yep. He's great. I might, have to, I might have to try and proxy him or something because I don't want to. He's one of my favorite um, uh, hardcore masters for for that for that faction. Mhm. Yes. Were you around for the Barbaros versus uh, Mancha? I was the Barbaros versus Mancha. Yeah. Oh, you were in that. Yeah. That yeah. Was well, in the so hardcore. that was that was, that was our hardcore. That was our hardcore <laughs> tournament that had me playing Barbaros with. Um, before before they had made it so that you can't technically grow, um, and he was playing Mancharoja, and one of the rules was if you uh, if you swap crews at the end, you got bonus points or something. And me and you know me and Mark are both I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, let's do that. It sounds like fun. It sounds like a good time. And so we did. We swapped. We swapped crews in the last game, and. Uh, and he just decimated me with my own crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was right. like, I may have lost the tournament, but I won in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that's about it, right? We should probably wrap I think up. Do it, yeah. Thanks for being on, Adam. Yeah, uh, thanks for having thanks me. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. You can listen to Adam on Cheated Fates Radio when they come out. Uh, which is occasionally, and they're always good. I always listen. They always move right to the top of my queue. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have the thing edited, so we don't have to actually say anything now, right, Rudy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I I I, I it down for the last one. So we will be able to steal from the last one this time. That's pretty good. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Mistakes Were Made podcast. You can reach us by email at mwmpodcast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at at mwmpodcast. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. Or, <laughs> or more whatever. Than a week. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good okay. enough. I don't actually listen to our own episodes. So. No, I don't. I, I only often. listen to it because I have to listen to it to find the times that I messed up or yeah. the time. I think I dropped one almost f bomb in this episode, so it's not even that bad. But, um, yeah. Yep. Times. Good All episode. Right. I'll talk to you guys later. We should talk about uh, getting a game. You haven't gotten to do a lot of games. Yeah. That'd be good. I think I'm. When I was a top, my mom dropped fables and stories To warn me of the dangers that were laying before me To keep it interesting, she would hide the lesson To guide my direction, provide the right message In time I 
developed a sense of her embellishment since I was rebellious against what she was telling me when I was a teen I pretended that my demons were friends I defended the place yo and that was the case slurred speech tripping off of my face the world creeped as I slipped to the awfulest place you could imagine not the average things you see on acid my granddad bloody hovering on a speaker cabinet laughing in a raspy tone covered in maggots a snack on his mass of the bone I couldn't grasp it did it double dismount